0: Welcome on the Bridge to Better. Today, I'm here with someone who has conquered the Pokemon circuits in a couple different continents and who is also known to getting at least double speed on his bicycle. (laughs) What's up, Red? How are you doing? Good, man. How are you? Good. Happy Father's Day. Yes, likewise. Right back. Yeah. You You talked to your dad today? I did. I did. We got a
1: couple gifts for him. Uh, We got him a mug with some funny quotes on it, and we got him a... Uh, like a joke fraternity long sleeve tee because he and my brother have recently been into playing a little uh water pong out in the backyard really so we want him to <laughs> to feel
0: like he's a part of something bigger nice. and so we're going to surprise him with that later today very cool yeah i talked to mine this morning and i sent him a couple old photos and he was like where is this from and he's <laughs> like did you photoshop this so just like <laughs> things like that and then he tried to convince me to go to grad school and you know the, the yeah the usual and Today, we're going to be talking about social media. Okay. The big social media companies today are Facebook, uh, which includes Instagram, right. Twitter, and that's kind of it, right? Maybe it's Snapchat. Like Snapchat, TikTok. TikTok. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. I think we should kind of start off by talking about like how these companies work in terms of what do they do to get you to use social media What sort of things do they put in to to make you want to look at it every day and just things around that nature? What sort of things have you kind of noticed through your experiences?
1: I think the biggest thing that uh, all social media platforms share, and I'm not sure which one came up with it first because they definitely feed off of each other, Mm -hmm. Uh, but the biggest thing is they provide everything to your attention instantly. Um, And if if it's not being given to you instantly... It can be at the swipe of like swipe left, swipe right, uh, move on to the next post. Everything you want is at the touch of your fingers. Right. And I think this constant stream of information almost becomes an addiction in that you just want to know what's going on with your friends, you want to know what's going on out there in the world, you want to know what the next funniest meme format, whatever the case may be. And it's just what what they do so well is that they bring everything to your attention all at once, and then you're you're almost forced to to try to
0: absorb it all at once. Right. I, I think what defines what you see is what you react to. Right. So like when you when you like something then you're gonna get a thousand more things that are related to that right. advertisements that are related to that. Right. And I think that's one of the ways that they trying to get you to
1: keep yeah uh, scrolling. It's not it. even on purpose either. It's almost like unintentionally if you click on a couple Pokemon memes, for example, more Pokemon memes will show up on your feed. Just without you even subscribing to those channels, which is yep. which is really interesting and and powerful in that it almost gives you the content that you want without you even knowing it, which gets right. you more addicted to the app or social media platform. Right. Yeah.
0: I also heard that like when you have Facebook, for example, open mm-hmm. in a tab and then. on some other tabs you're like doing something else or google searching yeah blah blah i'm gonna get this new jump rope or i'm gonna you know youtube this video or whatever then when you go back to your facebook they somehow have processed that data wow and they cater whatever comes out to kind of be related in that same sort of um realm of things that you were looking at in this separate world but it's actually all connected yeah
1: and there's also like you hear rumors about Uh, if if your phone picks up you talking to your uh, roommate about wanting to get Honey Nut Cheerios that day at the grocery store uh, on your way to the store, you'll get a, like a spam email coupon for Honey Nut Cheerios. And it's this really creepy thing where it's almost, it starts in the social media world and almost goes beyond that to like the advertisement where they give you what you want, even though you don't know that you want it or have subscribed
0: to that information. Right. And that brings up the question like how much is too much yeah i personally hate that what you just said of them listening to what you're saying and they somehow process all that information but i feel like people have varying degrees of how how far they allow themselves to give their own privacy up yes in terms of having a better experience on the the platform right but i think if you ask someone like Do you think that giving up your privacy is okay? Most people would say no. Right. But the way it's phrased when they offer you the consent agreement is lawyer mumbo-jumbo. So it's very hard to pick that up initially. Yeah, and you just browse right through it and you don't even care for it.
1: I I do think that to a certain degree, it's nice to have information that you want more easily given to you without you asking for it. Yeah. I, I can't really say you know, where the line can be driven to, oh, this is this supplements what I'm looking for versus this is now taking over my life. This is addicting. Um, for the longest time, I actually disabled Siri on my phone in hopes of trying to, you know, quash whatever weird listening features the phone has for bringing right. up ads that relate to what you're talking about. I don't really know if that helps or not. I, I In my mind, it I made it seem like it did. Um, but then they almost make it Necessary for you to have it to unlock certain features in your phone and things like that, so I can't really say with with definitive uh, confirmation where I think the line can be drawn. Yeah, um, because I do like to some degree the supplemental information that's given to me just based on the things I look up, like funny memes or sports news or things that are going you know around in the world. Uh, I'd like I like to stay informed, but I think it's almost it's this symbiotic relationship that occurs where the more you're on your phone, the more the stuff you want pops up and then the more you want to know that stuff. And it's maybe there's, it's up to the person to have that, that that rightness of mind to disconnect because the phone's not going to stop with its algorithm of giving you the stuff you need. It's up to the person using it to be like, okay, I've had my fair share of content for the day or that's enough internet for one day type thing.
0: With that in mind, I think it's important to look at how these companies profit? Yeah. So Facebook is an advertising company, and when it does show you what you want to see, it's coupled by, oh, here's this product you can buy that's somewhat related. And the more you scroll, the more things you see, and that's how you kind of how they make money right. through all these advertisements. Whether it's political, whether it's um like actual products, whether it's recommendations to look at certain uh, YouTube channels or whatever mm-hmm. it is all those people are paying Facebook and Facebook is using all the data that they have crunched through crazy machine learning algorithms and stuff like that to kind of figure out who's going to respond to certain ads. And they use that targeted information to show you that specific thing. And it's pretty powerful. Like I'm sure they make a shit ton of money off of just, well, that's how they make their money. Right. Right. That's That's how they do it. Yeah. And, I do like how the user experience is improved in the sense like I, you know, one of my things that I've kind of been into is art. So like, I'll be looking at like trippy tapestries and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden I'll get a recommendation of a bunch of trippy looking things. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And then yeah. I have bought one yeah. because of it. So I do know that it works because yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm an example of that.
1: Yeah. And it's not like you're actively seeking that, even though that you know that's something that you want. You weren't seeking those supplemental ads; they just sort of happened to pop up, and it worked out that it lined up with your interests. Yeah, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. It gave you access to something you wouldn't have normally sought out, and that's where the line is blurred to me because I I like seeing memes that I constantly laugh to being provided to me on my feed that I'm not actively searching for. But at the same time, at what point is it too much? Like, okay, right. now I've kind of gone down the 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 rabbit hole
0: of you know, the weird part of the internet or whatever the case may be. Right, right. I think when it's too much is when you create like an echo chamber of liking only very specific things. So then you only get information sent your way that is in the same line of what you believe. Right. and Politically. Politically, I think it's the the biggest. I don't know how much of influence that social media has over elections, but I'm sure it's a good amount. Oh, especially now. Especially now. Oh, Definitely. It's a tough thing to navigate like right. uh especially nowadays where a lot of things are very charged, and um I know me and you personally, we don't really post that much in general right um we kind of just observe and see what's going on and might privately send things to each other, but yeah. like for the most part um, we're not huge posters, and a part of that is because I have. A certain fear in terms of person posting things and posting opinions because what you're posting is like a very processed form of information Mm -hmm. you know in twitter it's what some 180 characters or whatever and instagram it's a photo or like a uh like a square with a quote in it and or a repost of a tweet or just some picture and it's very processed, meaning there is no external context to what you're putting out there. What you put there is what you're putting there, and people interpret it in different ways. So one of my fears is that if I put something out there, that certain people might see what I am meaning to say, but other people might be like, how come you didn't say this, or yeah. how come you didn't add this to it? And right. That was my fear, so that's why I don't post no, and I and that's
1: kind of similar along the lines of why I don't post. I also don't feel like there's a need to post. I, I'm sort of in the mindset that, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion, especially uh, on these charged topics nowadays. Yeah. If someone really wants to know what I have to say, I would want them to ask me in person. I, I think that that to me is uh, them opening up, wanting to know more information, specifically how I interpreted said information about whatever topic they're curious in. And like you said, Instagram, Facebook, they take a screenshot of whatever that information is. They leave out the tone, they leave out the the body language, they leave out the eye contact, whatever the whatever the additional uh pieces of me telling that story or that opinion to somebody is completely ignored on the social media yep. uh lens. And I think that in when that happens you know, people will say, why didn't you say it like this? Or why didn't you say it like that? And sometimes you actually meant to say it in the way that they wanted to. But because it's not conducted in a conversation face-to-face, right? you lose 50% or so or whatever the percentage is yeah. of the conveyance of that point.
0: Right. And yeah. to me, that's that's everything. Mm-hmm. That 50% or whatever percentage is means so much to me. And that's why I'm doing this podcast per se. Because what you said earlier, conversations are the best way to have any sort of interesting dialogue on tough, difficult yeah. subjects or easy subjects, whatever it is, it's, it's easy to post something out and then kind of hide behind your screen, but it's harder to talk about it like we're doing right now. Yeah. And it makes me wonder how many people who post, um, are actually talking about it in real life and whether they're posting just to have that sort of um, sense of security in that sense. I participated kind of thing. Yes. Yeah, no,
1: that's that's an excellent point. And I definitely agree with you that it's, it's a little bit more than meets the eye. I think a lot of people that, it almost might have an inverse relationship. People who don't post as much uh, about these topics on social media might have more to say in person. And yeah. people who do post on this protected social media barrier platform may not be as, confident in their opinions in real in like in person. And right. I think it's interesting that what what lends itself to helpful for those who feel protected by the the technological barrier of social media is almost the opposite for people who think that they convey their opinion better in person. It's almost a it, it's a double-edged sword in in the sense that it protects and it also takes away from the opposite parties that it means to.
0: Right. Yeah. There's also the fear of not saying the right thing. Oh yeah. So you, uh, censor your words in a way in order to, you, you put, you put something out there that's safe. Yes. And sometimes that's the way to go. Right. But when you're having conversations about difficult topics, I think it's important to be able to navigate that boundary of safe versus what's objectively true or honest or honest. Mm -hmm. And it's important to talk about how you actually feel about certain things so you can grow from it. And uh, I also think that there's this idea on social media that who you are right now is who you've been your entire life or even who you are in the past is who you are right now. Mm -hmm. And there is no such thing as growth and improvement, which to me is the silliest thing because as a human being, you live, yes, like 80 90 years yeah. and maybe even more and throughout that time you're constantly learning constantly improving constantly trying to make yourself a better person i feel like most people do that maybe yeah. not everybody but i feel like most people strive yeah. to be better and when you put something out there maybe that's how you felt some time ago and you've you know you've had experience you've talked to different people you've seen some things and you've changed your mindset now me personally, I appreciate that change. I like people that have realized that what they have done or said in the past might have been wrong and have are now in a place where they know that and they acknowledge that. But I think the idea around cancel culture is if you've done it in the past, you're a piece of shit and you're a piece of shit forever.
1: Yeah, No. and, and you see all the time celebrities getting flack for things they posted 10 15 years ago that affect their involvement on things that they do today and it's like you said it goes with the assumption that they haven't changed over time and i would say most people especially celebrities who are positively impactful on their environment have definitely changed over the last 10 to 15 years and for for people to exploit social media as as ammunition to just you know put those people down is is such a silly way to use a tool that's meant for good as, as just a way to get back at somebody or a way to, to attack somebody. And it could be because that post wasn't perfectly crafted in the way that it's meant to, right? or because it was forcefully crafted to fit social media, it doesn't truly convey what that person feels. And there's just so many issues with it and how it could be conveyed to somebody else that it just makes normal situations more difficult than they need to, or more difficult situations, even more of an issue for that
0: person. Right. Yeah. So that goes back to that processed information. Yeah. It's kind of like processed food where, uh, it's good in the moment, but it might not be good. <laughs> a couple hours later. A couple later. hours later. <laughs> yeah. That's not mine originally thing. I saw that online somewhere, but um, yeah, I mean, it's a good point. Yeah. 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 I, I think that our world is kind of shifting into having mob justice mm-hmm. in terms of, it doesn't matter whether you're innocent or guilty in real life and sometimes you are and sometimes you aren't. But if X amount of people online have an opinion about something you said or something you did, then they have certain amounts of power that they can swing in order to make your life a living hell. Whether that is to, you know, screw up your career, whether that is to, um, put a label on you that's very damaging like uh, i've i've seen a lot of people call other people racist which is a very charged word yes and um maybe they are racist maybe they're not but in order to call someone a racist just just like that i think is very damaging and once you're called a racist it's kind of over for you in that sense once you're once you're labeled a racist um I I don't know what else, what other sort of labels are equal to that. Maybe like a sexist or a sex offender or just yeah. like terrible things, yeah, right? Yeah. So I, I do think that that power is very damaging and it's also very accessible to like anybody. Like anyone can post something online saying, oh, red, how come you don't like blue? You racist or, you know, You're yeah, right, right. yeah. Right. so it's just and... Then that'll be shared by six million people. And then all of a sudden, boom, you're that, a racist. You're a racist. Yeah. yeah. So I I think there's a a lot of unevenness and injustice in that. Yeah. And I,
1: I think another point to this is a lot of the times people who do share their opinions on social media, they could feel a certain way about it. M- maybe on a scale of one to ten, ten being they feel very passionate about it, and one being they're they don't feel that passionate about it. You know, they might they might truly in their in their own right feel like a four le- level of passion for that topic, but when they post on social media, it could be construed to like a 7, 8, or 9. Yeah. And if I were to have a conversation with that person, I feel like I could more easily pick up that they're a 4 on the passion scale with for that topic if I were talking to them about that topic in person. And I think when that occurs, you know, you see the 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 quick to label accusations. You see the, uh, the twisting of the words a little bit. Oh, you said this, this is exactly what this means. And this is, this is why you are X, Y, Z label or whatever the case may be instead of, Oh, you know, when you said that you didn't really say it with the tone that I thought you would in person. So why is it that you feel that way? Are you like actually on the fence? And then you can have a more organic discussion about it. Right. And I think another thing that social media prevents is sort of that immediate back and forth. You know, you have on social media a couple hours to craft this beautiful retort to somebody and have, have it be punctuated per, you know, perfectly. And your emotions might be disguised in a certain way through that post. But if you're having that conversation with that person, your emotion comes out immediately. Your tone comes out immediately. And I, you know, I can't say every conversation goes better in person than it does on social media. But again, it introduces those aspects that social media takes out. Right. And to me that is more prevalent in, in, in correcting for any issues instead of making things worse.
0: Yeah, I don't think you can have a civil conversation on social media. No,
1: you never see it, especially nowadays.
0: Yeah, I I think a part of that it has to do with what trends. I think if you are putting out something with the goal of having it being retweeted or reposted or trending, you're probably doing a couple things. You're trying to make it funny, or you're trying to uh, make it accusatory. Mm-hmm. You're... Um, probably trying to make it phrased in an emotional way that Mm -hmm. will trigger the emotions of people and um or anger you're probably uh doing it with some sort of anger and maybe you're just putting something out that makes you feel good yeah and i do think that a lot of what people put out is kind of just phrased in a way that they think it will be reshared or reposted and they're they're excited about that or um, they would rather it be like that than it not be like that. And because of that, they might phrase things in a certain way that right. will get that reaction. And that reaction might get you retweeted. But I think when you're having a conversation, that's just not how you do it. No, no, you definitely in an
1: in-person conversation don't say things for other people to hear you. You yeah. know, that could be across the continent, across the globe, whatever the case may be. Right. You, you don't say it with the intention of getting other people's attention. Maybe, you know, within 10 meters of your discussion with that person, but you don't say it with the intention of getting 6 million retweets or whatever, you know, similar uh, uh, number to, to, right, to get right. more interest. But um, I think it's almost hard not to for a lot of people because they see how people have gotten successful on social media using this, uh, super quick iterative, get my face in other people's phones as quickly as possible. They see people make livings off of that style of work. Right. And it's almost hard to not, you know, blame those people because people make tons of money doing it. And you almost have to tip your cap to them and say, that's kind of impressive that you're able to make a living off of posting certain photos on the internet or, uh, posting the top quality memes and, you know, making people laugh on the internet, you're almost saying things to get more attention because that's how you make your living. And because that's been accessible to people, it is almost excusable in a way to allow for that to happen. Yeah. It is to a certain degree. I don't want to say that, yes, you should post things just to garner interest from others. But I think it, in other people's eyes, it makes it excusable because that's how people make livings off of it.
0: Right. Yeah. I do think a lot of people do that for the living. I also think that a lot of people do it just to get their rocks off.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: They're just...
1: No, I agree. And, and, you know, with the riots that happened recently, you've seen certain influencers just take pictures with hammers next to uh, uh, boarded up businesses just to say that they're part of what's going on. And then you see them hop into their $100,000 Mercedes and drive off. Yeah. which Which is the ultimate clout generation, but you almost can't blame them because I mean it works and it's almost sad that it works right but then if you see it from a third person perspective you're like what the hell are they doing how are they getting away with this
0: yeah how I feel about that is they might not physically be looting but they are looting in the sense of they're taking the context of this important time and important movement and they're they're making it about them so they're they're looting through the internet in a weird way I think that's well said did you see the the video with the uh, all the celebrities saying, I can do better?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. I actually did see that recently.
0: That, oh my gosh, man. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say about it.
1: I would like to think, I truly want to believe that they did that because they know that their face has power and has influence to others. And I want to say that they feel a certain way about what's going on with the, the riots and the, the black injustice. But a a large part of me thinks that they don't necessarily correlate. I think they're like, oh, yeah, I can make an impact. And, yes, I feel this way about this thing. But they don't necessarily go into that with the intention of using their power to specifically eliminate the problem. They're just doing it to do it almost.
0: Yeah, I I am a little bit more cynical about it. I think that they're doing it because they want people to look at them and say, oh, wow. Right. They are making a difference because they are, you know, sa- saying something about it. So, I, I, I really think it's about them. Like they wanted to make yeah. it about them. And there was the video that came out some time ago, which ha- was like the so- something similar with all the celebrities singing "Imagine." Did, did you remember? Do you see that? It was like they were all. Um, I think so. They were all singing uh, "Imagine" uh, by the Beatles, and. It just cuts to different celebrities. Yeah. It was really cringy. And then, <laughs> as had, most of those are, it had like a really terrible reaction. So, like, even this video, they should have been able to look at that and been like, nope, bad idea. Yeah. But I guess none of their friends no. told them not to do it yeah, or whatever no. it was. They're just like, yeah, yeah, you should do it. It's a good yeah, idea. That, some of the people on this new one kind of broke my heart because I really like
1: Do them. you feel like they were maybe pressured into doing it? Like maybe their manager or their close circle of friends. I mean, part of me, part of me wants to be a little bit more optimistic about it. And, yeah. and you see, like you saw guys like Drew Brees make public comments about the things that are going on. Th- the way that social media twisted his words is, he said, I think something along the lines of, "Our flag shouldn't be, uh, you know, uh, disrespected in this manner." Right. And people immediately assumed him saying that with him being okay with what happened to George Floyd. Yeah. And I am willing to bet that he didn't actually think what happened to George Floyd was okay. He just also wasn't stoked about people disrespecting the flag. But his words were immediately twisted, and he was it, it labeled as the racist right yeah. away. And he was forced to then make a public apology, and then people maybe who thought the apology was kinda of soft, then thought of him in a different way, and it just sort of snowballed into this terrible social media explosion of, of negative energy towards Drew Brees. Right. And um I have some people that I know that, you know, obviously think that the what happened to George Floyd is terrible. And they they are talking to people who also think what happened to George Floyd is terrible. But the means by which they think the best way to approach that are different, end up fighting about those things instead of realizing that they agree on the same point. So yeah. it's, it's, you know, is donating to fighting black injustice good? Is making, you know, is ensuring that the cops are more properly trained good? If, if you disagree on that, people on social media then think that you disagree that the George Floyd murder was okay. And it's this weird thing. It's like, if you take a step back and really talk about the issue in person, you realize, you know, we all feel the same way, or most people feel the same way about what happened. The George Floyd murder was not okay. right? But the steps taken to alleviate that issue from happening in the future, that's where the discrepancies and the disagreements are happening on social media. And those are immediately being twisted into the more extremes. Oh, you support the killing of George Floyd. Oh, you want uh, the cops to be killed. And then it's it's like, wait a minute, guys. We act like, why are we talking about this? But no one's done that. It's just sort of continue to snowball into this huge ball of negative energy that's yeah been
0: plummeting through our society yeah i think you, uh, you nailed it um i don't know exactly what drew Brees said but i i think what you said about we all get caught up in certain things that are part of this culture war of two teams you, you're either with us or against us and we get caught up in things like is kneeling for the flag wrong yeah. is just like certain things like that but while we're doing that we're not actually addressing the important issues. Like how do we fix um, what's happening? Is it fixing the police training or is it creating, uh, adding psychologists or whatever it is? I think that's part of what this, this is me going a little uh, left field here, but I think that's kind of what the government wants us to talk about. I think they want us to talk about is kneeling for the flag, good or bad. Because that's their primary concern. That's That will allow them not to have to deal with the actual issues of how to fix a broken system. Because the system is broken for a lot of people. And that's a difficult conversation to have on why it's broken. And a part of the reason why it's broken is because they're getting a lot of money from a lot of lobbyists. And they don't want to talk about that. Right. So they'll make it about uh, si- uh signaling the right thing, saying the right powerful thing like for example, we, m- we might have talked about this before, but like Amazon puts out a statement saying it supports Black Lives Matter. A lot of companies have, but mm-hmm. Amazon has so much to gain from these uh from the riots and looting because all the small businesses that get torn down will be replaced by Amazon warehouses at some point. Yeah. And they don't want to talk about that. They want to avoid that conversation forever if possible. So they will try to make it about identity, identity politics within the company. And they'll try to say the right thing in order to avoid taking the right actions. Yeah. And I I think that's a
1: scary thing that people very easily overlook. If I'm being honest, I didn't even know that was a thing until you mentioned it, but it makes total sense that they would do that, you know? And, uh, coupled coupling that with kind of what I mentioned earlier, this sort of driven by m- money and greed sort of mentality, you know, Amazon's gonna say the things that they want just so that they can profit in the future. Uh, certain influencers on Instagram might say certain right. things or show certain videos or images so that they can profit in the it's future. All they're it's all looting. It's all they're all looting off of what's going on. And I think society likes to talk about it in a different light because they feel like they're protected by social media and also because some can have financial gain from it. And I think I, on the government side, you make a good point in saying that they can avoid talking about how they are the problem and try right. to point the finger at some other issue and try to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll fix this. We'll take care of it, and then you guys won't have to worry. We want to deal with this the way it's meant to instead of, yeah, this is just going to happen again in the next few years anyway. Right. And And you almost... <sighs> It sucks because you know you and I are sitting here and we want to obviously try to try to come up with a solution and we're definitely not the only two people thinking that they can come up with a solution. We're just two dumbasses. Yeah, we're just trying. two dumbasses <laughs> shooting the shit trying to figure <laughs> things out. Yeah, but it, I, I really think like it's gonna it's gonna need a huge cultural pivot to realize that these things are happening. But I don't think that it's gonna happen overnight or it's going to happen in the near future. And I, I have really no recipe for success on this. And I think that it will continue to happen until more people find an initiative within themselves to realize that there is a larger issue at hand, talk about it organically in person with other people instead of sticking to social media and the protections that social media provides for you. Yeah, And doing it because you actually care, not because you want to gain, uh, you know, get a, a bigger check the next day because of it. Right. And I, I, I think... Too many confounding variables come in and influence actually trying to make a difference that it ends up just being a a huge chaotic mess at the end of the day.
0: Right. I think where social media comes into play in this scenario is they control the conversation in the sense that they control the flow of information to each person's accounts that kind of make them uh, decide what they want to talk about based on what they're interacting with already. And by controlling the conversation it's kind of taken away from having the other conversations about certain things like I think a a large part of the issue in what's going on in America is that there's large groups corporations uh, people that have consolidated power Mm -hmm. and they are happy by how things are right now so they're resistant to change and because of this they will they they might take a side in the cultural war per se like is it okay to kneel is it not okay to kneel um have like a diversity training or whatever it is but when it comes to the fact that uh everyone in america is kind of living under this oligarchy of a couple people that control and they control it through donating to campaigns and having all these lobbyists to all these politicians you kind of take away the, the social media kind of takes away the conversation from that and that's not to say that social media you, you don't see that sort of thing on social media but I think that is to say that when you get engaged in a certain way of posting and reposting certain things it's easy to kind of narrow your mind onto that and it might take away from you looking at it in an overall manner. And I personally, I'm not a huge social media person. So, and part of that is because I kind of had a moment where I was you know, just kind of looking at my Instagram and like, oh man, I'm getting this many likes, and yeah. I was just seeing the likes come in, and I was just like bobbing and and or I'd like look at my news story or not my news my news feed, yeah, and like look at who's viewing it, and like I was like, why am I doing this? And then I had this internal conversation with myself, and I was like, this this isn't really achieving anything, right? So that's why I kind of cut back, but. Yeah. I think a lot of people feed into that. Yeah,
1: and I would be lying if I said I didn't
0: have the same sort of episode
1: that you did. I think it's it's inherent to how social media is set up. You're almost geared towards wanting that for yourself until you're able to have the rightness of mind to have that inner conversation and realize, you know, what am I really doing? But then what I think a lot of people don't realize is those who succeed in that field almost have no choice but to force themselves to get those numbers up as, in whatever way possible because that's what pays their bills or that's what you know that's what they go to sleep feeling good about at the end of the day and that's why they take to social media to to accomplish that for themselves and yeah. they they lose sight of of really what they're trying to convey and they just do it for themselves like in the way that the large businesses say things so that they can eventually benefit for themselves and right. it's this this overwhelming selfishness that people have naturally i think you know you always want to look out for yourself but i think people take that too literally and they don't do it they, they don't they they look in the short term they want to make it good for themselves in the now they don't realize that taking proactive action and fixing this problem will make the long term easier for them you know it, it's sort of this selfish quest for just doing what's right in the in the now and 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 in the moment yeah and they lose sight of you know, how does this really matter in the big picture?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a sense of, uh, fulfillment that, I'm I'm on the right side, I'm doing the right thing. And that, I mean, we're we're having this conversation and I guess, uh, I want to say that like a lot of things that a lot of people share are good. Like, you know, they are, they might help, like, here's where the protest is and here's how to participate. And, Uh, please wear your mask and you know all all sorts of like details on how to participate and be involved in your community and but a lot of it is like the looting aspect of it where it's here's me at a protest smiling and um whatever it is and and um i guess for it it's really contextual because even that might be okay and might be not might not be but it's really hard to make that sort of judgment. And there's millions and billions of people making that sort of judgment all the time. So obviously what I think is okay, might not be okay to you or, uh, whoever else. So it's, it's like this weird thing that you're navigating constantly. Yeah. And I find myself thinking about that more than I should. And that's why I, you know, I try to cut back, but Ultimately, I think it's a very unhealthy uh, thing to experience in your life to constantly think about that sort of thing. And yeah. I, I feel like a lot of people are trying to do the right thing, and I give them the benefit of the doubt for doing so. But at the same time, like I worry about these people sometimes because it's it's hard to see yeah. looking in. Yeah. Here's an interesting
1: scenario, though, and i I don't know if this really lends itself to uh, debunking all the things we talked about how social media is bad for you, but you know, let's consider what would happen if there was no social media that existed in the u s when the George Floyd thing happened. yeah, you know what would it, what would have then occurred? What would have been the fallout of that situation? My immediate gut says no one would have known about it, yep, but at the same time you know, maybe only the select few who could make a difference in that unbiased arena could have made an impact at least in that location. That's what I, you know, what I would want to think. But part of me is, feels like the more realistic, uh, um, thing that would occur is that no one would know about this thing happening.
0: Right. Um, I think, uh, will smith said put out some something that i saw circulating on social media (laughs) right (laughs) will smith quote might not have been will smith but i think it was and it was something along like um black people have been murdered by the police forever only now we're seeing it because it's being on caught on camera yeah and i think it's the first thing you said where it's it's been happening like it's probably still happening but the difference is it's um being caught on camera and being shared and people are seeing it and that's one of the good things about social media right that's uh, yeah that's my point but at the same time there are more nuanced cases where people might get someone on video um saying something or doing something which Uh, might be taken out of context and it's like half the sentence that they said right yeah and especially now with all all this like face uh face swapping swapping or yeah or or the dubbing of the voice changing did you know what that's called like you know um
1: there's there's a a word for it i I can't think of it but i I know exactly what you're talking about it's gonna get really crazy oh yeah when it becomes more advanced and more convincing yeah
0: oh yeah you're gonna be able to put mire your face on like anyone saying anything and it's going to look very convincing to yeah. most people and be shared or yeah
1: and then everyone's going to believe it because people will believe anything now wait till it's more convincing in the future you know you could have you know anyone say anything like you said and it'll just become this terrible terrible mess and i i think it, it it's the weirdness of social media that it's a double-edged sword it brought light to the george floyd situation you know which is is good for the sharing of information to others. Hey, look what bad things are happening in our country. We need to fix them. But in parallel with that happening, you have people just trying to benefit off of it. Yeah. And so it it totally defeats the purpose. It 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 is like deconstructive interference. Right. And it just, you can't have one without the other. And it's like, would you rather have neither? Like it's this weird yeah, situation we're in. That's a great and way of putting it. I, I really don't know which option is better to not have any social media to bring light to situations like these, or to have the social media to bring light to it, but also you have the grain of salt in that it's it's sort of negatively influenced by people seeking uh, their own self-interests.
0: What do you think it's going to look like in uh, 20, Ooh, 30 years? Man, that's a great question.
1: I think, frighteningly enough, and I can't even begin to think how it's going to be even possible, but it's going to become more in your face, more accessible to you yeah. <laughs> than you could ever imagine. Like there might be a chip implanted in your head that you're scrolling through feed right.
0: at the speed at which your brain operates. And I, I'm i just imagining logging into like Twitter and hearing people's voices yelling their tweets. Yeah, you. no. And you're, they're going to have to figure out ways
1: to like filter that or like you need yeah. to then plug yourself into a computer and, and set oh, up your yeah. own filters and settings and things like that. I, I, I think that... Uh, there's some te- technological concept of uh oh the internet of things yeah. i think that is going to become more prevalent everything your phone your car your house yeah. your your friends your your work will all be connected on yep. this one entity and i don't even know if it's a phone type thing or a chip implanted in your brain type yeah. thing but everything is going to be connected and that's going to be a scary scary it situation is. because it's you know, a Black Mirror episode. It is a Black Mirror episode, and maybe we should <laughs> help yeah. write the script for it. But it's it's a very realistic thing that's going to happen in the next few years, and it's a scary thing to think about. You know, Things happen privately in the home that should be separate from work, and now you're not going to have a choice, and the two right. might be interconnected. Yeah. you know, uh, People will have personal issues that they'll deal with that maybe they want to hide from certain friends, but because of the way that the Internet of Things is going to be working, those friends... Who you know what you would want that thing hidden from them will have access to that information in the same way that you do, and it's oh you didn't set up your personal filters correctly on your software and
0: yeah oh man and then
1: you got the thing you mentioned where you can dub people's faces or voices on another person's body have them oh. say some outrageous things yeah. we're in for a world of hurt we are
0: <laughs> it doesn't look like it's gonna get any better. no because you see what's <laughs>
1: happening now and yeah. consider what we where we are now think of how things were twenty years ago. Yeah, You know, we barely really had the internet. I, I don't even know if that timeline is correct, but the internet wasn't what it was, what you know, what it is today. Right. Um,
0: internet revolution was the, like around the year 2000. Yeah. Y2K, right? Yeah. You don't
1: have your crappy dial-up or yeah. whatever the case may be. The phone isn't connected to the internet. You don't have everyone on one line, everything. Like, the real scary thing to sort of project what's going to happen in the next 20, 30 years is look... How far we've come 20, 30 years from the past, yeah, and think of how you know what we are in now it's such a crazy mind blowing thing right, yeah <sighs> <I'm, laughs> we're really depressing ourselves I talking know. about it
0: I'm imagining like a like a virtual reality Twitter where you log in and you go into this world and you like click on your tweet and then all these avatars pop up and they yeah. start yelling at each other and you at the same time. Yeah. And it just turns into this like crazy battle. And then maybe you can like get a weapon and yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's,
1: uh, <laughs> let's try to find the contact of black mirror. Cause this for sure is something oh, that we can yeah. get cooking. Yeah. Oh my gosh, uh, man. A Total horror episode of yes. black mirror. Oh, great show by the way. Great show. Great show. Very
0: good show. Very looking more and more real every day. Right.
1: I- I'm curious to know if someone 20, 30 years in the past came up with a black mirror type show pitched it to somebody if we could get access to that kind of a script and think you know what did people think the world would look like 20 30 years from now yeah because black mirror now is what we think the world looks like in 20 30 years and that stuff right. is scary in and of itself and you know yeah. the sky's the limit for that sort of avenue. yeah
0: the creator of black mirrors uh sitting on a season just because might be a season might be a couple I, of I think, episodes yeah i think it is a season but basically saying what's going on in the world right now is already so crazy I don't want to scare people I don't want to make it worse oh is he really? yes oh wow yeah. that's that's scary yes yeah and he's got a point like it's pretty screwed up right now yeah. So
1: I, I doubt uh, a realistic glimpse into what technology is doing to our day and age now is going to help how people feel about the current state
0: of things yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> although that
1: does sound like if he's worried about what it's impact is I kind of want to see what it is yeah <laughs>
0: Oh. It's really some predicting the future types.
1: Yeah, what's your what's your favorite Black Mirror episode?
0: Um, I like the one where it's uh, each person has has like these devices in their home, and the devices are used to like do all the chores during the day, like uh-huh. like make breakfast, and I'll turn on and off the light yeah. in like the most perfect way that suits to the personality yeah. of the user.
1: The Internet of Things,
0: yes. Yeah. But the way that they create this device is they actually extract the person's consciousness yep. from the person oh, they my put God. it into the device <laughs> and then they the person the, the device is actually a conscious being it has a consciousness yeah. of the person that it's serving for and then the way that they like force it to comply to do all these things is they just they speed up time so it'll be like 70 years in the matter of like 30 seconds mm-hmm. in real time yeah like this person will just be sitting there bored inside this thing and not have anything to do and then after the 70 years they'll be like okay i'll do anything you tell me just yeah it's let me torture not. it's torture yeah. it's like a, isolation
1: a torture of a cloned conscience yeah that one oh what was your favorite uh i think the one that stood out to me the most and it, it's probably got to be my favorite is i i want to say it's the second or third episode it's the one with the memory bead in the back of the ear mm. where every memory you've had is stored on a on a little device in, in your brain. Yeah, and the husband. Uh, spoilers alert! By the way, uh, the husband uses, um, his vision to go through his wife's ex's memory. Oh, yeah, he no. forces his wife's ex to pull up his memories on, uh, on you know on the TV and finds out that he cheated on her or she cheated on the husband with the ex because of a painting that he saw in the glimpse of the guy's memory. Wow. And then it leads to, Oh, is, is our kid actually ours? Or is it your ex's kid that you had with him? Yeah. And it's this, Oh, uh, it's just, and the, and the suspense that builds like the cine- cinematography of the episode is great, but the concept itself is also fantastic. Oh and in the gosh. end, he takes a jagged piece of glass and digs the bead out of the back of his head. <laughs> yeah. It's just such a, it, it, it's, it lends itself to, it like, it opens so many doors, but it also creates so many more problems for them. Right. Um, Again, and it gives me the chills. It does. And and oh, the weir- one of the weirdest scenes in that episode is uh, he and his wife are having sex. And instead of it being an intimate moment between them, they are both watching pornographic memories on their own beads to get their rocks off Wow! while they're actually having physical intercourse with themselves
0: oh my god it
1: it is the the strangest concept ever yeah but it it's it's a commentary on you know what is actually possible in our day and age or in 10 20 30 years
0: from now it's that i consent to giving up all my information yeah to the app
1: yeah, or whatever this device yeah. is. Yeah. And I really think that could be what is in store for us in the next Ooh. twenty. Social media literally in your head. Don't do it, buddy. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't put that shit I, in your brain. I don't know. I'm going to just assume I won't be able to afford it in 20 to 30 <laughs> yeah. years. And I'm just going to say that that's how I'm going to like
0: not do it. Yeah, probably for the better. <laughs> yeah. And I think,
1: I mean, our stance on social media now is going to lend itself to our opinion in 20, 30 years. Yeah. That might change. I'm open to it changing, but... If social media has its impact on me currently, as it will in 20, 30 years, I doubt that I'll change my mind about it.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: I I Like, again, there's great things that you and I share on social media with each other privately. Uh, Memes, sports news, uh, crazy things that are happening in the world. Just like, hey, did you hear about this? This is interesting. And not, how do you feel about this supercharged political issue? And then we have a heated discussion. It's just like, we understand that we understand, I think, the the pure intention of social media, the sharing of information, the sharing of a good laugh with a friend who is not immediately on the couch next to you hanging out with you. Right. And it's not, it's not the replication of conversations that you should be having in person because that's yes. what this is for, yes. this podcast. Yes. And I think people need to be more aware of
0: that. Even just outside of this podcast, like we'll talk about, me and you will talk about literally anything. Yeah. And I just think that it's not, productive to do that over mess- no. messaging each other or whatever no. like if there's something important i want to tell you i'll call you or yeah. when we see each other we'll talk about it yeah. whatever it is but the idea that people get into these wars online with random people just um shooting out information and defending themselves and you're having a debate that no one's gonna win yeah and oh that's, that's yeah everyone is watching or maybe no one's watching but like everyone has the capacity to watch yes. and then you're you're being propped up by your side and then you're being <laughs> booed by the other side mm-hmm. and then vice versa for the yeah. other person and it's it's like this weird gladiator coliseum it arena is. where it's like a free for all and it's total yeah. chaos but there's no winner which
1: would have never happened if that conversation happens in person. Yeah, it, I mean it might, but I think it's less charged. You don't have the coliseum of fans. You have a couple people, and maybe you don't
0: want the coliseum. Of you fans.
1: don't. You absolutely don't, because it makes them think a certain way about the topic as well. And I think what people fail to realize is a lot of people are opinionated, and that's okay. You know, you're everyone is entitled to their opinion. But people think social media is not only a way to express that opinion, but also to convince others that their opinion is wrong. And no, like, I don't know if you and I discussed this, but if you consider your opinion in what it is right now about topic A, you feel a certain way about it, right? And you feel very strongly about that topic. Yeah. There is somebody in equal feelings of you who feels a, a different way about that same exact topic, but they feel just as strongly. Right you know yourself that you can't be convinced that, the, that you are wrong about, that your opinion is going to be different or changed. That other person also feels the same way. However, those two people still think it's okay to debate each other on social media to try to convince the other person that they are wrong. It's like a rock in a hard place. Right. It's like a Ferrari into a brick wall. Like you need to understand that you feel as strongly about something as much as the other person feels about the other side that person being the one you're trying to convince i
0: think it's that and it's also convincing all the spectators that's true that you are the person that yeah that they should be on your side yeah you're trying to win everyone yeah and by force of that mob mentality then pushing the other person down and they're trying to do a similar thing and it's like a it's like who can garner the most support and how do you garner the most support by saying sometimes the most, uh, emotionally triggering things to, and putting the other person down. Yeah. It doesn't serve the purpose of achieving a higher understanding or coming to common grounds, which, which is like the most important thing in my opinion, from having a conversation with someone you don't agree with is, Hey, what do we have in common? Let's get to know each other. Mm -hmm. Um, you're a good person, I'm a good person, and we don't agree on these things, and let's kind of talk about it in yeah. a way that might you might change my mind, I might change your mind. But I'm not trying to convince everyone that you're wrong and you're a piece of shit.
1: That is a very, very good point because a lot of the times the topic that is being discussed quickly becomes a second off, uh, like an off thing. It just then becomes, how can I convince others that I'm right? Yes. And it becomes so much, you know, so much more... Than what it intended to be. Right. You know, I want to convince just one person that they are wrong. I am right about topic A. Yeah. Now it's not only do I need to convince them. I need to convince my supporters that I'm the right. I'm the person who's correct. I need to convince the other person's fans that they are wrong. And it becomes this. The agenda becomes too large for what it actually was sought out to be.
0: Right. Yeah. And (laughs) there's no way to have a conversation. Like that. No, it isn't. And then you know we we can't really do anything about it what if that just is the new conversation what if in our day and age now in our day and age or in 20 30 years from now like yeah. what we're what we're having here is actually uh something that is very rare in 20 30 years i think it's pretty rare now like i think um most people, when they have conversations with people that they don't agree with, it might be in, internally in the family, mm-hmm. and then they'll break bread after, which is which is great. Mm-hmm. But like having conversations with people that you don't agree with is not something you really seek in day to day life. Like I'm not, I'm not like you know, running up to people and be like, "How do you feel about but, it? you know?" Yeah. Like you just you just don't do that, right? Yeah. You, just, you get to know people, and when you get to know people, it's usually more about what you have in common. And then from there, you might venture off into these different topics based on how comfortable you are with them. But
1: And then you have that
0: background. You have
1: that foundation yes. built in that friendship where you can disagree with them on something and just agree to disagree. You may not convince them, but you can have a formal, uh, uh, normal, and emotionally uncharged conversation about it.
0: So what if there is no more backgrounds anymore? What if there is no more oh, yeah. previous friendships and it's yeah. just right about let's 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 tango in this crazy uh warfare of my ideas versus yeah. your ideas and I
1: have a I have a crazy thought about that and I think it might be a little too black Mary. but um I think the conversations that happen no longer become conversations at all. It might just be like a survey, like a Ooh. You know what I'm saying like like it, it's more make your profile here are 400,000 different things. Oh my gosh. Like topics about the world. Yeah. And we're just going to you're just going to download to your conscience and see how you feel about those things and that becomes your profile. And then you're immediately clustered into the groups based on however your conscious <sighs> responded to that survey, right? It's yeah. like you're in bucket 1 because you responded. It's sort of the uh, personality test. Yeah. But for uh, maybe charged you know topics in our society right. today. like the, the conversation no longer happens it's uh, a pidgey has a wild pigeon has appeared and then in, instead of it being this like back and forth and then you weaken the pidgey and then you try to catch it and this and that it's just a pidgey appeared and this is what happened and that's it like yeah. the, the, it skips the conversation entirely yeah and it happens and then it doesn't and that's it
0: have you read fahrenheit 451 i have that is exactly the dystopian world in that book yeah it's they just hear very concise things instead of reading books they get like a piece of paper with titles of books and like a sentence summary yeah like oh i read all these books yeah and and that becomes the norm that becomes the norm
1: this this something like this becomes a lost art yeah yeah no i as scary as that sounds I don't think it's too far from the truth.
0: I don't think I, there's a lot of truth in it.
1: We're gonna have to listen to this back in know, twenty, thirty years and know, see if man. we hit the nail on the head or not. Just
0: promise me you'll be okay. We'll be okay. Yeah, we'll be all right. Yeah. We'll be all right. Yeah. But it is
1: it is a concern, and you know the hope is that how we feel about it we can share with our close group of friends and maybe do our best to continue to have educated, emotionless. Well, not emotionless, but emotionally uncharged conversations with them about things to try to get an understanding of how things are a little bit better and also how to try to get to the understand them a little bit better.
0: Right. That's exactly why I'm doing this. Yeah.
1: It's, it's really our only way to, to service or to our, our, our natural obligation to what's going on right now. Yeah. I I, I really don't know of anything else effective given our current abilities. Right. Like we can't, we can't go and make a law right now in our current state that, you know, discourages social injustice. We can just talk about it organically with others, try to understand it a little bit better and, and spread as much of what we feel is the right opinion to others who are willing to hear it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And maybe they'll say something that'll change your mind. Yeah. And, but through that process, that organic, organic yeah. process of spreading your opinion and Getting it um, countered in a friendly way, not yes. not in a "you're wrong and you're yeah. piece of shit" way, like online. It's it's a way to grow and organically become um, something that people accept. And I I'm worried about um, just the online mob mentality. Oh yeah, taken away from that, taken away from people having real conversations because they might be afraid because they've seen all these things that happen online. They're like, uh, conflating that with real life maybe, or, or whatever it is. I'm just worried that this happens less and less and less. And even I am like starting this thing. And one of the fears I had is like, what if I say the wrong thing? I would be lying if I didn't, if I said, I didn't think that too. Yeah. And it has a lot of implications on my real life. Mm hmm. And I am kind of banking on the fact that no one's going to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> that's the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> At least initially, you know, yeah. you know, and then, um, but I don't know. That's like, yeah. something that I, I have to kind of navigate as I go. Like maybe I've already said the wrong thing in this podcast. Maybe you've said the wrong, maybe. Thing. Yeah.
1: And uh, that's a scary thought to have. I do think that, at the very least the the conversation we're having is organic and the people who choose to get upset by the things that we're saying will not
0: listen anymore which isn't the worst thing in the world that's not the worst thing in the world i think the worst thing in the world is um not saying that like this would happen to me but yeah if someone took like a clip of our conversation yeah started here ended here but then they took another piece and put it here and then and then they connected them. photoshopped your face onto yeah, someone else yeah. saying it or something like right. that I put me on like donald trump saying some bullshit yeah, yeah i don't know just, yeah just like random there there's ways to manipulate information that is true. to make it look like people are uh inherently evil or yeah. you know believe uh morally despicable things and i do think that the current state of technology that this, even this podcast, mm-hmm. like the conversation we've had, which, you know, is, is something that me and you like, we'll, we'll talk about all the time, but it could just be manipulated in such a way that, yeah. um, I'm canceled or whatever yeah. it is. you Yeah. Know?
1: Yeah. 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 The, the scary thing to me, or, or the, the, the worst thing to me about social media, it's, it's very similar to the thing you brought up at the very beginning. When you agree to the terms and conditions of social media, you're like, yeah, a lot of yada yada, lawyer stuff, whatever. Okay, cool. Accept. Move on. Make your account. You're good to go. Yeah. You sort of agreed to participating, not knowing its implications. Right. You sort of have that contractual obligation when you friend somebody on Facebook, right? You are signing the terms and agreement of listening to whatever they post on social media. Yeah. And the thing that is assumed that is incorrect is that you are willing to listen to everything that they say. You may add them as a friend because, oh, yeah, I know them. They're in my class from whatever uh, we had basketball together, whatever the case may be. You want to be their friends. Great. But you don't know the implications. 10, 15 years down the line, they say some very ignorant thing on social media. You're like, you're outraged by it. You don't remember that you accepted the terms and agreement of listening and being, you know, wanting to know the things that they have to say. And that's, to me, where the discrepancy is, is the biggest issue. If I could summarize kind of my issues with social media, it's that there's an assumption that you make without realizing it, that you are now willing to listen to everything they say. It's like you're putting you and all of your Facebook friends in a room and forced to listen to what everyone has to say. When in reality, if I want to know your opinion about something, I'm going to go and formally ask you, Yeah. hey, what do you think about this? And then that's when the discussion happens, and in that asking you are that is the truest form of actually wanting to know your opinion right whereas in social media there's an assumption that that acceptance is when you add somebody as a friend which right. is not true and that's why they have all these debates on social media where it's oh person a said this person B said that they're out you know this is ridiculous yeah. it's not when you add somebody as a friend or you follow somebody on Instagram you are not you, you people glance over the fact that they are now succumbing to everything that that person has to say you are now uh the recipient of whatever that person has to say and that doesn't happen in the real world you're not just all locked in a room with everybody you know yeah talking to them all at once it's, it's hey let's go out to lunch and have a conversation yeah and yeah. that there's that's the separation that's the right
0: issue. and you don't have everyone watching mm-hmm. i think i think that, that's another big part yeah because mm-hmm. so you're trying to please everyone instead of trying to understand the person you're talking to which is so much better and easier to do when you have lunch or when you're hanging out one one one-on-one or there's just so much pressure to say the right thing yeah and um even if it's not actually the right thing to say you might just say it yeah and i don't have any specific examples in mind but it's just something that i've noticed um just based off what I've seen people that I follow do and I don't know I don't know what the answer to it yeah. is I think this is the answer to it like I yeah. this conversation but I it gets back to me like I'm more worried about um them yeah than anything because it's 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 just not a healthy thing to do. No. It just isn't. And, you know, some people might say that you're not, because you're not doing it, you're not involved and you don't care. Mm -hmm. And I do care. Like, I really do care. I just don't think that uh, me bombarding the world with my opinion on things online is the way to go. Right. And I think that... If I did that, it would take away the context of um, the conversation, the energy, the feel, the vibe, the, you know, the tone. And it's just, it's just um, how people perceive it. And sometimes they perceive it terribly, no matter how you phrase it because of whatever uh, pre-conceived notion they have of you based on, what people are saying or right. what people or what they might have seen before they lump you into a category or uh, i'm not speaking from experience it's just 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 my feeling about yeah what's going your on your intuition on yeah. it yeah
1: i i think another interesting way to think about things is if you're say you're sitting at a restaurant and you went out to lunch with a friend so you and i went out to lunch and we're talking about a heated political issue yeah uh, let's say we have differing opinions about it but we're talking in you know Library voice over lunch, just you and I, we're hashing it out. We have a good foundation as friends and we eventually agree to disagree. What happens in social media, if you want to take that exact example, is imagine what what is reflected on social media is as if we were standing at the bar shouting that conversation to each other for everybody in the restaurant to hear. And the equivalent is everyone in the restaurant are all of our Facebook friends. Yeah. Hearing our... our attack on each other or discussion on whatever and political sometimes post. they're shouting
0: in too and then
1: they decide, hey, you know, you shouldn't be saying that. That's racist yeah. or that's not right. And that's the context of social media versus an actual in-person conversation over yes. lunch. That's and I think if people really consider that, they will change how they feel about the things that they post. And that's yeah. why I think that I refrain from posting on social media. I realize, you know, why would I post this picture? Or why would I send, or why would I, you know, update somebody on what I'm doing at lunch? If I really care to tell anybody, I'm going to either call them and tell them, send them a personal text or tell them in person, Hey, I'm going to grab lunch at so-and-so you want to come with. I'm not going to be like, Hey, all my Facebook friends, I'm going to go grab a slice of pizza at this pizza joint. Like, like who cares? And people do that. It's like, who actually cares? Yeah. You know? And I think if people, again, consider that analogy of, being in the restaurant and having that conversation and versus how it's reflected over social media, they might change their mind about what they're posting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we got, we got to like decompress after this, right? We, we yeah. really broken this thing down and, and yeah. I'm, I'm it's gl- taking its toll.
0: I am glad that we are friends and we have the same mindset on that. I agree. Because I think, I think it's great to have someone that you can just tell anything new and I I feel like people do have that, but I just think the trend is we're going away from that. We are.
1: It will become a lost art. Yeah. <laughs> Try not to cry. I know.
0: Hold back your tears, I man. Know, man. <laughs> well, I'm hoping this brings it back. That's yeah, that's yeah. that's the goal. Shout out to future us, uh, yeah.
1: listening to this back and seeing if we can uh take something away from
0: it. I know. What if we just are plugged into the Twitter reality. And then we'll delete this thing as quickly as we (laughs) may. I'll tell you that much. But
1: I mean, I I'd like to think, you know, the fact that we're even conscious about or conscious about having this conversation and being mindful of how things will change. Like even that is preparing us for what the future has in store for us. And I think even if our opinion changes, we will still be appreciative of the things we're talking about now. And we won't, be revolted
0: by it or disgusted by it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this is a great place to end on, yeah. on a great positive note that, um, it's important to talk to each other, whoever it is, and just try to do it in a civil way. And it's great to be able to agree on things, but it's also okay to disagree as long as it's in person, as long as it's in person is my opinion yeah. on it. Yeah. And I guess if someone says something super fucked up online it's okay to call them out but um think about it before you do think it about it before yeah. you do and um think about why you're doing it. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, anyway, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it being yeah, on Yeah, thanks for being on and thanks for helping me getting this going. This, you got it. You've you've been a real um help for me during the startup and um yeah best of luck with your pokemon shit (laughs) thanks i will definitely (laughs) i will definitely need it awesome All all right thank you goodbye